All right, my longtime friend, Lou, welcome to the show. You know, sometimes I like to say, hey, this is Lou's background, but every time I introduce you to somebody, <laughs> I don't know if you've gotten accustomed to this yet, but I typically say, hey, Lou, can you introduce yourself? So, Lou, let yes. me hear you. Let me hear you give it a go. What up, world? What up, team? It's your boy, Mr. PTS, the core father himself, squad, social, extreme, that Lou, macro, Lou, if I can't even wait, I want to be either Lou, the Belichick in the box, the 50 cent across the game, because you throw one quarter at the booty and watch two bounce back at it. That's right. Judge Boppy is here with the one and the only Mr. Jason. Hey. Well, <laughs> well Judge Poppy, you know, first of all, welcome. And, and I've told this story before, but Ross and I showed up at your box, CrossFit MDI. This must be over three years ago now. Three and, years, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, first of all, you had, what was it, Valkyrie Donuts there? Valkyrie Donuts, which is still a big hit. They're one of the only donut places that were still open during the whole covid you know complete shutdown and things like that so i would get my fix and get it so they're like the only there's other little pop-up shops here that's open but they are like the number one donut spot and vegan donut spot that gives you like the most incredible donuts ever i remember it i remember it i remember the vegan donuts but you know we walk in we're driven from naples to orlando on a saturday morning and you give us this introduction we're hugging people you know and we had a great workout then we did a nutrition seminar and ever since then we've just been friends and most of the time I get to see you it's at the games or at some sort of big competition and yes. the reason I reached out to you was because most recently you were a part of the rogue invitational that was completely virtual so that was such an amazing experience yes and and I miss seeing you one-on-one and giving the big hugs and stuff like that you know I'm a hugger so not being able to hug you and Roz has been you know a little sad but eventually those hugs are coming back soon I had to come out to Colorado and and give you a big old giant hug or vice versa. But yeah, um, the new I love road you guys virtual to come thing. Out, yes, I would, I would love for you guys to come out. But yeah, let me, let me hear what you have to say. And I'm going to ask you some questions. But before yeah. you, you, you're going to say, you're, you're going to say a lot of positive things right now about Rogue. So let me hear you say it. And then let me ask you some questions. So it was definitely different because I was actually in Rogue last year when they did the first Invitational. So I was on the grounds. I got to experience the amazingness of like the 67 acres the 600,000 square foot facility that they have over there. It's really awesome. And to hear their story of how they started is pretty amazing thing. They were very class act. And then to be able to be part of the team in 2020, this whole virtual thing, I was like, oh man, this is, is it not going to have the same effect as, you know, as it was last time being as big as just almost as felt like, like a mini CrossFit games being over there. Um, and it was the opposite. It was, it was a class act. They had great leadership that was, that was holding down the floor. Um, we would meet with Katie all the time. We had all the head judges, had Zoom meetings all the time. It's like the new. Uh, zoom everything so um and everything was to the pack i mean there was times where you know we're never supposed to have our phones on when we judge and things like that but being that the times that we're in we were plugged in just like so while we were judging you know listening to like the head judge and things like that so it was it was a really really cool experience and definitely first of its kind history of this kind that people from all over the world i mean you have carl webb aka car saunders you know and in Australia, I think she was doing her workouts at like midnight or 2 a.m. kind of craziness. And then you had Laura that was in Hungary. You had just people from all over the world. And the workout really did happen at the same time. So all the athletes were going at the same time in their own perspective, different gyms. Rogue sent them their own equipment packages. So everything was pretty fair. So it was, it was an amazing experience. It was definitely an honor to be part of like a history-making thing like that. So, so let's, let's talk all about it. Before we even get to Rogue, we get a lot of people. I had a call yesterday with someone and he was like, I want to become a judge at the games. And you are one of the people I mentioned you, um, our mutual friend, Noah, 
yes. and, and a handful of other people. And it's like, you guys are the people that they should be talking to, not me. Cause you've really just worked your way up. Uh, Mike Kaplan is another uh, mutual yes, friend. Mike so, Kaplan. Um, tell me about your start in judging because you are, you guys, and I'm sure you have many other people that you would reference there, but you have, you've worked your way up to basically become, you know, seminar staff, we get to go to the games most years, who knows what the future's like and judge the, you know, the, the top individuals. But I wouldn't say we're kind of like gifted that, like we earned it as well, but you guys have really worked your way into that position. So tell me what that was like and, and what oh, it's man. like now. I'll never forget. It was 2013 is when I first started judging my first ever, well, actually being not even judging, just being able to be part of the regionals team. They sent, you know, the link out, like what CrossFit Games always does, like who wants to be able to volunteer and help and things like that. I said, I want to help out. I own a gym. I want to be able to judge and things like that. And it didn't happen for me. I had to start loving. They put me on special assignments. I was handing out coffee to people. And then I was running up the down and loud. <laughs> special assignments. Special assignments. Coffee. Basically yeah. means um, if someone is missing, they're going to put you in that particular slot. So whether it's me getting coffee for somebody, whether it's me putting up rogue signs and CrossFit headquarters signs, whether it's me rolling equipment out onto the field, my special assignment was to go and just make sure the job gets done and to fill in. And um, every year I would post and fulfill. And I remember in 2014, I finally made it to the CrossFit Games in California, which was the last year they had it in California, which is very special to be part of that. So I did regionals a bunch of times. 2014 was my first games experience. And then just meeting people and networking and then them saying, oh, you know, he moves. The, I would always work out. That's what I was known for. Everyone knows that for the day I remember. And or at the games. Let, let me tell you, working out at the games and regionals is no easy task. You're exhausted. No. You're sleep deprived. You're stressed. You're not eating right. And, and it's something that I pride myself on. Every day there's like two or three of us. But you're, I mean, we do like something kind of half-assed, like, hey, grab these dumbbells and we'll do something like, you're in there squatting 315, <laughs> you know, like doing a full day of programming. And I'm oh, like, I, this guy's crazy. I love it. So I, I, I make friends and I ask like, you know, can I go in the, you know, before we work, before we go on assignment, if I come in early, if I put all my stuff away, can I come in and use the workout area? And they're like, yes, Lewis. I'm like, a lot of people will see me move. And I go, oh, he moves pretty well and gain friendships. And I was like, yeah, I own a gym. And I started judging, like, you know, local competitions. And they're like, you know, special assignments. Here we go. We need someone to go and fill in. And whether it's just me standing watching someone run for 400 meters, that's pretty much how it started. And they're like, oh, we like this guy. This guy is, is a pretty dude. He moves pretty well. He knows the standards. He knows the movements. And then just build up from there. And then from there, just started doing all the regionals, started doing all the um, – the game so i actually been judging since 2015 games so this would be if everything goes fine this year, this would be my fifth year physically judging but again i didn't get to judge the elites right away i went from judging teenagers and from teenagers to the masters and then from masters you know they believe in you they say okay he, he does really well he understands the movements he goes in there pretty confident and i got to be part for the last two years on the elite team. So I got to judge like the, the elite guys on the teams and stuff like that, which is really cool. And that's why I get to see you all the time. We get to bump into each other in, the, yeah, this, in our uh, conference it, room. So this we yeah, this past year for the first time we were judging the same events, which was cool. You know, was the, awesome. the, you know, there's all you guys, I mean, that, that huge room in Madison, you know, who knows? I just read something before we hopped on that the games are probably getting pushed back again. Now it's looking like September. So who knows what's going to happen this year, but, you know, whatever happens this year, hopefully in 2021, I'll see you somewhere. 
But absolutely, you know, I, I really think that just goes to show for the people listening. You know, it's not luck. It's not, you know, part maybe a little bit of luck, right place, right time. But it's really just showing up, doing the grunt work. Everybody wants to reap the rewards, but they don't see the really, you know, five years of being, you know, getting coffee, doing crazy yeah. things. I mean, and not to mention in the beginning there, I assume you're paying for your own travel, your own stay, Everything. your own food. You know, slowly you work your way up and maybe there's some compensation, but it takes time to get there. And then you and I mean, a bunch of those other people that I've mentioned, I see it. You guys are a crew. Like you guys enjoy Absolutely. it and live for it. Like it's it's awesome to watch. I see the videos of you guys singing like Bismarcky or whatever you guys, you know, you guys sing. And you know, so so. We're, we're, we are a pretty close group. Like, um, you know, for the last three years and since we started it started in madison when it went to madison um just being around each other all day for hours on on days and then making sure not just keeping that friendship during the games but they would come visit me i would go visit them and just keeping these relationships going that when we go i mean we are like pretty much they call us team princesses now because wherever there's a sanctioned event something we're like a small knit group that goes out and we do these things and i think one of the years we got a uh we got a boat. It was last year. We got a boat right before the CrossFit Games, and we had a judge party on the boat in Madison. So it's pretty cool. So it's it's an amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, and you guys are led by, especially the games. Probably have a whole episode on this, but you're led by Todd and Chuck. Oh my God, the two, two one of the two most amazing men I've ever met. I you know, had you get to, yeah. no idea <laughs> what you guys went through with those two, especially Todd. Oh my God, Todd Todd is amazing. I mean. Me and Todd, I gotta say this story this one time. Todd, you know, military guy, funny dude. I come from, I'm a military brat. So we have sometimes we have some, some little twisted humor and things like that. And not to say, there was this one event I never forget. I was in probably like lane five or lane six. And we would go in there and um, there was a sled push event and it was a teams and the teams were pushing the sled and they had a sprint. And literally you lose your legs. The athlete had Bambi legs and literally did like a scorpion over. And he looked at me and, and I looked at him during the event and I was like trying to hold composure on camera. And he was like, oh man, Todd, Todd Todd's amazing. Chuck, Chuck's an amazing <laughs> leader. So it's just, they're, they're both guys that I really, really miss. And um, I know last year with some of the big changes and stuff like that, they weren't, you know, sure if, you know, they were going to be continued to be, you know, the leaders and the head judges for us. But, you know, fingers crossed that they will because those guys are some amazing men and I would go to those, I'd work for those men anytime. That's awesome. Yeah, they're, I mean, I have obviously Chuck as a close friend and you know, I've gotten to know Todd over the years as well. Awesome people. And again, just like you people that, you know, now they're in the position they're in because they showed up for most of us. It was like, we volunteer yeah. our time and it was just this unwavering passion for CrossFit. So let's, let's dive specifically into rogue. This happened. What um, we're recording this on Friday, June 26th. So I think it was what, two weekends ago now. But two weekends ago, yep. And um, yep. each judge had their own selected athlete and city or that they were going to. So I do want to talk about what it was like to judge during that kind of state of CrossFit. But before we get there, tell me even how it became about. You know, you judge Cheryl Nasso, who's also in Florida. But how did you even find out? Did somebody reach out to you directly and be like, hey, because you have this close proximity to Cheryl, we're going to send you there? Or just because you're this, you know, it's one of our top judges, we need you. Who reaches out to you? And what was that like? Rogue. Um, so Sue, which was one of the heads, um, and Drake. Um, Drake's who were, from Germany. Also Drake from Germany. Good friend. Great dude. Yeah. 
So they reached out. They're like, hey, Lewis, remember you, uh, you did the 2019 Invitational. Um, you know, we liked everything that you did. If we were to do this and we can pull this off, would you want to be part of something that's going to be like part of history? I said, absolutely, sign me up. I, you know, I wouldn't even bat an eye. You let me know the days and I'll be there. So they reached out. Um, and then we had to fill out some paperwork and things like that because Rogue did like some NDAs and all that kind of stuff like that because they were going to give us information like workouts. We knew our athlete already. So like this is, you know, depend because you don't want people to travel too much. This is going to be your particular athlete. So make sure that you fill out this pit to give the paperwork that you cannot release any information, you know, you know, before this time and all that kind of stuff. So it was very, right, cause you know, the events, you know, so much. Go and this is probably when, when is this happening? Bef oh my God. This must have been somewhere in, in the pandemic because they realized at that point we're going virtual. It was, we already had a selected team. So um, we were already a selected team back in, January, February, the same most, I want to say about 90% of the team that did the 2019 Invitational was going back to do the 2020. To, when it was Ohio. still planning to be in Ohio, right? It was Ohio. And then we started getting, you know, this, this sanction event canceled, this sanction event canceled, this sanction event canceled, you know, broke a lot of our hearts because we already had a, a place where we were all, all the judges were staying together over there. They were excited. This is like our way for us to, you know, meet up again. And then boom, breaking news, Ohio is not going to happen. And then I want to say maybe two weeks after that, um, Drake reached out and says, hey, and she reached out saying, hey, we're going to try to pull this thing off virtually. Would you be interested in doing it? Um, and Charlotte, Charlotte, which is also in charge. She's also in charge of the games as well. She's in charge of picking the judges and getting the, the, the staff and the team ready for. That's a red haired events. woman, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Charlotte so, Fer Ferkinson, Ferkinson, if I can remember. So at this point, what um tw how many athletes were in rogue 20 men 20 women uh 18 men 18 women so 36 judges are selected you are told at what point that you have cheryl nasso um immediately so they started excel spreadsheet and they're like okay he's in florida um closer to him would be cheryl i think uh another one of my colleagues that was in a little bit more South Florida, got Noah, because Noah's in Florida as well, Noah's Miami, right. So they tried to get it where it was going to be easier for us to travel into those particular areas is how they assigned it. And there was some kind of like people that were like overseas and stuff like that, I guess they had to have, you know, some kind of questionable, like, you know, who, who can be as close as possible to Iceland? Who knows? That's pretty right. that's out there. So. So, you, so you find out you have Cheryl. And how far is Cheryl from you in Orlando? An hour and a half. It was, a, it was an easy drive. So do you – commute back and forth over those two days or did you stay in where, where was it no rogue was um very generous they they took care of a lot of things um um and again i'm just thankful like we go over like you know you progress and you serve coffee and you volunteer and then eventually you actually get, you, <laughs> now you you're get staying at the ritz the ritz <laughs> yeah. a five-star hotel so and where was where was cheryl uh competing she at was him? in saint uh port saint lucie port saint, saint lucie right. and what box um, and, were you at for that. A place called Culture Fitness, which was a little bit different because I don't think they're affiliated, Culture Fitness. So I don't know how Rogue worked it out, which, you know, which box I think maybe they picked, yeah, they asked the athlete because the original home box of Cheryl was a, was a big CrossFit gym, but they're also attached to a, what we call, you know, a global gym, like an LA Fitness or something like that. And it had to be completely shut down because you can't have a work, people working out while the taping and the recordings are happening live. Um, so that was, she had to ask one of her friends who owns, um, a fitness facility to be able to use their stuff like that, like a functional fitness gym that had 
all you know the right necessities of what they needed. But Rogue equipped everything. I mean, every athlete got their own Rogue so, bag. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So I assume like the stretch limo comes, picks you up, <laughs> drives you. No, you drive over to uh, <laughs> Port St. Lucie. When do you head over? Thursday, Friday? I know the, the event was Saturday and Sunday. We had a um, meeting with their stage manager and the athlete on Friday night. So All via also, Zoom. No, we were actually – the athlete itself and the stage manager, we had to be in physical, like, meeting. Obviously, you know, we had to practice our social distancing and stuff like that, but we had to be in the same building and meet and look to see if everything was set up with the cameras that Friday because the competition started on Friday. So I left Friday morning. Oh, the competition because, actually started on Friday. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. not Saturday. So, so okay, that, so I wasn't aware of this. In addition to you and Cheryl, every athlete also had a stage manager? Stage manager. It could be a coach. It could be a family member. Um, it could be a friend. But that stage manager was in charge of um, not so much briefing, just making sure that all the equipment was right. Um, I had, we had little cheat sheets pretty much – we we were like a one-man army you know at the games we're kind of spoiled we have a scorecard we have scorekeepers we have athlete control we have equipment we were the we were everything all together the one including the stage manager and they're actually the ones that are what we call the backup judges they were actually counting the reps for the live tv so they're sitting there punching the computer screen counting the reps so people that are actually physically watching could actually see all this stuff online so but they were in charge of just making sure that they the athlete was aware what time they needed to go on making sure the athlete was prepped and then from there 10 minutes before the workout started, then I became athlete control, scorekeeper, judge, and everything else on top of that. So, so you, you keep saying, it sounds to me like Rogue sent all 36 athletes a box of equipment. A box of amazing goodies. So they got- You know what? I can't even buy bumper plates and 36 <laughs> athletes are getting- <laughs> so yes. what did get? What was in this box of equipment? Um, it was did you get two- it yourself? Did you get they, did, they, they took care of some stuff, not equipment. They did take care of us in other, in other great ways. I bet you got those so. nano X's right now. <laughs> I bet you're wearing those right now. Yes, I did. Those they, <laughs> they sent so ahead of time, um, which were by far my favorite nanos so far. I just got um, my bear. I haven't worn them yet, but yeah, I'm excited. Oh, you'll love them. But they got um, two barbells. They got uh, the big rogue plyo box, the one that's like the nice foamy one, the real nice one. Um, they got the new Rogue Echo Bike, they got a rower, they received... Um, it used to be the, fit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, what and, else did they get? Um, pretty much everything that was in the workout. So, like, I want to say it was over 500-something over pounds plus of beautiful Rogue bumper plates. Well, yeah, I mean, Tia hit 270. So, and, and we know there, were, there was at least that. So, it sounds like the only equipment they might not have gotten is some sort of rig. They needed um, just a facility for handstand, you know, the handstand push-ups and the rig and stuff like that. Was there any, was there any, were you going to say, you know, that Noah? I think uh, Noah did his on the first day, on the first day of competition. He did his in his little garage. Like he's got like a a carport. He actually did the first workout because all it required was him to have his pull-up rig. He did his at his house and his own comfort. And then the other workouts he did at his, um, at his home gym, which is peak 360. So was there any uh, requirements as far as the rig goes, diameter of the pull-up bar? Was it just like, hey, if you can hang from this thing, it, it will count it? Yeah, so it didn't really, mean, like, didn't really matter like what kind of pull-up bar it was, if it was a rogue pull-up bar or anything like that. They just needed some kind of pull-up system that was going to happen, and it needed to be at least six inches where they can't just like touch the floor. and you know, They had to physically jump six inches to the bar and things like that. So, 
So, and that makes sense. Now, in, in addition to that, obviously it was also important, at least from a spectator viewpoint, it, it looked like everyone was basically set up the same way. Absolutely. So, so the it, stage manager was in charge of finding an area. So they, their job for the, before we got there was to find out the perfect camera angle that Rogue's going to be able to stream live and then taping a box. I don't know if you saw, like everyone was taped into a box yes. and, and a workout area that can fit into frame, uh, the handstand pushes. So all that was done ahead of time by the stage manager before I even got there. And, you know, it looked like it worked out pretty well. I guess the only concern could have been uh, distance from a rig if needed, but it looked like everybody was basically able to hit the same criteria. It was it was pretty fair. I mean, there was different, you know, depending on people's spots. I know that we were in a little bit of a tight spot in one particular area, but um, everyone was pretty close because the box needed to be, like, for certain workouts, um, the camera could be moved and there could be more than one particular tape box because I know, like, your rig may not be by the handstand area. So they when they wrote the workouts out, they wrote them pretty pretty easy where it can it'd be accessible for everybody. So it's not like I would have to like run and move the camera to do a handstand push up and then push it back towards the rig. They kept everything pretty much generally close to what it needed to be. So, and then this is a different scenario than the games where you run out, you get your athlete, your scorecard, you're not with the same athlete multiple times. You're not yeah. really talking. What was the difference for you during this? I mean, you, there's probably a lot of downtime that you're spending with Cheryl, which yes. is not, not normal at the games, not you're not really normal. developing a relationship with athletes. So this is, is 100% correct. It's almost like they're gladiators. You, they get walked into the arena, they perform, and then they get escorted out the building. So this is a little bit different because you, now you have so much downtime in between workouts, and you get to physically see what the athlete's going through, whether they're laying there, whether, you know, whether they, you know, they eat or they're not eating, how their warm-ups are, like, I would watch Cheryl's warm-ups and they'd be like these full-on workouts. So like, oh my God, mm -hmm. girl, that's like my workout. And you know, like, that's your warm-up. And then, you know, you speak to them and you, you get to, you know, converse with them and, and get to know them on a personal level and things like that. So it's a little bit different. It was, it was, it was at one particular point, it was like, I, I, not as a judge, we have to be a judge. We have to, but it was like secretly you're, you're rooting for them. You know, you're like, come on, you know, girl, this is just me and you doing this workout together. Like, I'm invested in you. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to do this. We need to get to these pull-ups quick. So, you know, you know, it's a little bit different from the game on that point because you do build that relationship with them. There's still that professionalism. Like, I'm still going to know you if you don't hit the, you know, the movements. But I get to spend time with her, and I get to see how she moves. I get to see what, you know, what I know is going to be maybe, like, a weakness for her, what's going to be a little bit longer with her and things like that. So a lot of downtime, a lot of chatting and thing. And then you build these relationships, which is pretty cool. She's a really amazing lady, Cheryl, so. Really She's cool. a great person. I have known her over the years and most recently did her level two. And I saw her at the games last year. I remember during the ruck run, she, she kind of crossed paths and she was like, Jason, I'm like, pick up your 10 pounds and get the hell out of here. <laughs> but yeah. you know, she's that, that type of person. So is it something where you created a friendship now because you spent so Absolutely. much time with her? Yeah, definitely, really definitely friendship. And she, when she comes to Orlando, I open up my gym, open arms, let her train and, and get her things and stuff like that. She's uh, an awesome lady. So she's very, very cool. So now definitely I know friendship is built. There was no music, correct? That is probably the toughest thing. So they're not allowed to have any kind of music and stuff like that. I know when they're warming up. So we have a 10 minute call out. So when the 10 minute hits, everything goes dead silence. 
Um, so they can warm up, they can get amped up and they can listen to their headphones or they can listen to the music. And I think for the most part, when that 10 minute mark hits is dead silence. It's just you and the athlete, the athlete waits in their particular box. They can continue to warm up. And then there's a three minute call when they hit three minute, nothing can be touched at that particular point. Uh, and then we go to a regular stance, you know, we get on one knee, we get ready to count. We make sure the stage manager is ready to count the reps on the computer screen, make sure the camera's set up worse. I'm plugged in just like, so like listening to head judges call say hey guys three seconds out 10 seconds out you know what were you plugged into like i know your headphones but what were you using to coordinate with that was zoom was it just a phone call it was an app called discord oh yeah that's like slack yeah yeah so it's a thing called discord we could actually physically um chat and talk to each other like texting wise or we can hear we can hear each other for the most part we're all on mute so they don't hear like heavy breathing and counting and all that kind of stuff like that but But, when we were off like when the workout ended we would have briefs still like how we do at the games so you have had your earbuds in obviously connected to your phone in your pocket or whatever who who are the head judges that are that are talking to you drake drake was that so drake is basically sitting at a computer screen watching 18 judges no different than the games and he might be like hey lou cheryl's not going deep enough watch that yeah so drake and rob so drake and rob rob is if i can rob lawson rob lawson he's he's amazing (laughs) scottish Scottish i love him yeah Yeah. yes yes he's he's amazing um both of them were would be talking to it in our in our ear and things that if something was if something was going on let me give you a quick rob story very high level rugby player Judge really? the CrossFit Games, great dude. There are times at the games where Dave Castro would come in literally hours. I would, I was gonna say minutes, but an hour before one event. Remember the event a couple of years ago where they had the cheese curds? Yes. And they had to throw them over the hay bales. Mm-hmm. So we're in a judges meeting. Dave's like, Rob, I need you. Twenty minutes later, Rob comes back sweaty, covered in hay, because <laughs> he's test like that's how fit he is. You know, he's testing the workouts to make sure things look things go well so so but that was what I was wondering I'm like hey I wonder what they're saying so did you get any feedback on your judging during it uh, just to make sure like hey this is this is blocking this particular camera um, not so much on, on the standards and the movement stuff like that but like hey Lewis like make sure that you're on the opposite side of the athlete because your back may be like covering the camera we need to be able to see a little bit better so little cues like that you know make sure that um, the athletes mostly show in the video so they could actually see us in the video but like depending on where you stand and depending on what workout it was we may have to run around the athlete or move around different obstacles and stuff like that so they were just mostly like, hey lewis a little bit more to the left a little bit more to the right hey like so you'd hear them left i hear them during how was it hard for you to like typically at the games you would have the head judge come up to you so it's very mm-hmm. easy to know they're talking to you but when you're so focused on judging and you got 18 other judges potentially getting spoken to how hard was it to pick up oh they're talking to me Oh, they were, pre- they were pretty easy. They were like, uh, Lewis, Cheryl's judge, move to the left. Okay, so it was, and you were just like, but you had to decipher, okay, whether they're saying Lewis versus Michael versus, yeah. you know, Sally. So, and, and it's harder because at the games, all 10, 20, 100 judges know to do the same exact pattern down the field or wherever you are, where, where like you said, while the boxes are pretty much standard across 18 athletes, there may be some little details that are different that you hadn't considered. Yeah. So um, knowing your background, was there any 
Was there any part of you that just wanted to maybe rap for Cheryl during the workout since she didn't have any music? <laughs> oh, man. I remember at one particular point, I did start, like, uh, before, I think it was like 10 minutes out, I said, all right, girl, let's, let's get pumped up. We start dancing and things like that. So <laughs> not so much rapping, but I would try to get, get her excited and things like that. And she would go, and it's so funny because she she's this tiny little thing. I think she was, like, maybe, like, 110, 150 she's, pounds. Yeah, she's tiny, yeah. Um, and she would just be dancing and, and getting along with all my hip hop stuff. So it was, it was pretty cool. So at the games, it's really important. Like, Hey, you're here to judge. You're not a cheerleader. And, and there's always a little bit of like probably 5% of encouragement. Like we really mm -hmm. try not to, but like, you can't help but root for your athlete. Was this a little different? I'm still trying to maintain. I, I want to still say the same thing. Like the five, ten, I, I want to say a little bit more. Like the game's like five percent because you built this one-on-one -on -one relationship. I want to say ten percent. Like I would tell her, like I would look down at my watch, and like we got two minutes. You need to pick it up. Like, yeah, I like would, stuff like, like that. You say at the games, like, like dude, you got to go right now, type of thing. Yeah. Like, this guy's, you know. I remember during Mary, I was coaching, you know, and 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 it's funny because like I know I've created friendships while judging one workout. So yeah. I can imagine what this was like for you, like someone I speak six to. Six workouts. Yeah, six workouts and all this downtime. Um, you know, you, you, you just want them to do well. You can't, that does, and, and for the listeners, understand, like you can be invested and want this person to do well, but still judge them. Like I'm Absolutely. not letting you get away with, with no reps. I'm going to no rep you, but that doesn't mean I don't want you to succeed. Um, Absolutely. Tell me about the downtime. You know, what was the biggest break you had you know, you were lucky in that your time zone was one hour from Rogue, right? You were mm -hmm. East Coast, Rogue is, I believe, Central. But I mean, like you, I was talking to Fern and Todd on the episode about, I'm like, where? And there must have been people working out middle of the night. Yeah, so if I, if, what was for the, me, it wasn't that bad. What was the toughest time zone, do you think, that someone that you are aware of had to work out in? I think uh, my buddy that was judging um, Cara, I, they would see Cara sleep in a, like, car had like a mattress and she would sleep for like two hours three hours before they would even be able to like you know work out again and things like that and then you know that's really early in the morning for an athlete two three o'clock in the morning so <laughs> it's really early in the morning for <laughs> anybody <laughs> yeah. i mean i could i know i would never want to work out at two or three o'clock in the morning i am not functional at that time most I mean, days i, I don't a... want to work out at two in the afternoon <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um the, the ones that are overseas had it the roughest just for the fact is that they had to be there um, two or three o'clock their time and they're waiting and you know sometimes they would wait in the parking lot wait, wait for the you know either car or the owner whoever the owner of the gym is to open up the particular gym and then you know they don't want to stick around they're tired they want to just hurry up and go like me I'm in the afternoon so I could take my time I mean we, the stage manager would ask hey you know we just finished wrapped up for the day do you want to have dinner like you know things like that the, the owner of the gym like hey you want to come over and have a barbecue at my house so it's like it's a lot different when it comes to because like, you are building these relationships not just with the athlete but with the stage manager itself and then with the with the owner of the box that actually owns the box stuff so so what was the biggest like difference in time for the workout like a start time to the second workout of the day that you had. For me, I think the longest time away was maybe like an hour and a half. And during that particular time, I would prep. So um, I would work out would finish. Um, I would immediately have to uh, get the signature done from, you know, the regular scorecard. There were still regular scorecards that were signed. I would then have to take a picture of the scorecard, upload it to uh, the head judges so they can, you know, they could have proof of it and things like that go into we had a spreadsheet so we had to do like a drop down spreadsheet of many different things like was the was is the athlete appealing 
was the athlete on time? Like these different questions. So every workout was a questionnaire. So that probably took about 10 minutes just to do all the questionnaire things for the athlete. Um, and then the scorecard, she moves really well. So it was really never um, any kind of appeal or anything that was done. Everything was, we communicate, I communicate very well. Like, I even tell them like, I know for the most part, they even tell us at the games not to even count for the athletes, but like I need to keep countable for myself. If not squirrel runs by, I get distracted. So many different things going on. So I'm counting. I get, you know, for double unders every 10, 10, 20, 30. So I'm very vocal with them. So I was blessed enough to do that, but hour and a half. And then during those hour and a half times, it was cool. I mean, Cheryl be like, Hey, I'm going to go to Starbucks. You want me to get you a coffee? I'm like, sure. That, oh, yeah. that, get, yeah, <laughs> that, that, what do you like? I like an Americano, you know, one did Splenda. You, did she get, was there any more point in any of these workouts where she got angry with you for your judging? Not at all. Um, you do get to see a different side, though, because you are there with them on a one-on-one. You get to see the emotional side, whether if they're happy with themselves um, or, you know, they think they could have done better. Or if they do really well, they're very happy with themselves. So you get to see that emotional roller coaster they go through because you're asking these athletes. I think we did three workouts a day. Uh, you have to get really amped up to get yourself to these workouts with no music and no motivation, no crowd. They're feeding off of no energy. They're just doing the workout of how you would do like in a gym if you were by yourself, but they have to do it. They're, they're competing for prizes and they don't know where their other competitors are at. They don't know if Tia is ahead by two reps or if Tia missed the lift or what's going on. They are just performing what they can do at that particular time. So how much different do you think that, and I, and I know I'm going to reach out to Cheryl and see if she'll come on and talk about it, but how much different do you think it was for her or for any of the athletes, you know, I, I watched a little bit. I know there was a workout where Sam Briggs did like a shit ton of extra reps that were unnecessary. Snatches, right? I think. The was snatches, it? right? Yeah, because she just didn't know. So, mm-hmm. was there any sort of communication? Did you have any idea where another athlete was? We did. So you for did, example, but she didn't. Yeah, she did right? not know. We did because we're getting communicating in our headsets. So, uh, perfect example is the clean and jerk ladder. And I think this is like the, everyone saw how, <laughs> how intense it was when Tia hit the 265 and she's looking at the camera. She's like, That's, um, did anyone else hit 265? And my workout had ended. So if your athlete didn't obviously clear the ladder at that particular point, your workout is done. You have to stay in your box for a certain amount of time and you can get off camera. And then Rogue would only focus on, on the athletes that are left. So their, compu- their live feed will get cut and it only focuses on the last two athletes or whoever's left doing a clean jerk. So we're actually physically watching the screen and we can hear what's going on because that's still plugged in. And I think when, when everyone, even the, the other athlete, even Cheryl, when we're watching the clean and jerk ladder, um, you see Tia hit the 265. She looks at her stage manager, which is her uh, husband, Shane. And she's like, do I have to keep going? He can't say nothing. He's like, keep going. I'm like, oh my God, no one hit 265. And they're going to tell this poor lady to keep going. You know, like, you know, no you, <laughs> I feel like if it were Roz, like we could have a look enough to know, like we don't have to say anything, but I'd be like, just with my eyes, Shane, <laughs> Shane, you know, I don't know him other than my few interactions, but he probably won't, was, is someone that wanted her to go for it anyway. But yes. And I think we so all you, did. I, I think you couldn't have the, like, you, sorry, you couldn't have the live feed there then like they weren't allowed to have the live feed during the workout. Um, so how everything was good, there's supposed to be no, like, no electronics that are going on, nothing in the right. background, even banners had to be taken down if those gym banner, banners. The only person that really has access to it is like, if your gym is like a more up-to-date gym that has TV screens, you can maybe see the TV screens. But again, depending on the athlete's setup, they may not be able to see that particular TV screen unless someone actually physically brought a TV screen out for them. 
um, I wasn't aware of anyone that, that did that, but I know like the stage manager did have laptop. I had my laptop and the stage manager had their laptop and it was not facing towards that athlete. It was just facing like on a chair and we would just watch in between like where people were at and things like that. So um, I think Shane wanted her just to push a little harder <laughs> and put on a show. I think at one point it was just like, just let her keep going. It's a show at this yeah. particular point. So overall, comparatively to the games or to the last year's Rogue Invitational, fair, fair competition? 100% fair. Same equipment, um, pretty much same judges. And then you could say it's like, oh, you know, well, you know, so-and-so had to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. The other person time zone, at five. Right. Time zone. But the, I mean, there's always going to be those little tiny details and stuff like that. But if, if, you're, if you're fit, you'll be able to perform at any particular time, to be honest. Everything was, it was a fair playing field for at least in my eyes. Have you guys already had a follow-up call about – is it something that you have a follow-up call with? Or is it just like, hey, that was a one-off given the state of the world? No, so – even the rogue right now is currently doing these live streams of the power that just did like a strongman powerlifting I saw that, thing. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. I think rogue has the ability to do something that's really different. Um, and they, they're maybe tweaking a couple of things. So when things are going to go live, I think we'll have that live aspect. We're also going to have that really cool, um, feeling of going back into a stadium. And once everything, once the world's done being crazy and we'll be able to actually physically, sit in the same room with someone without, without 10,000 masks on to, to watch someone compete and all that kind of craziness. But um, I think it's something that's going to continue on because who knows when things will go back to normal when people actually physically can compete together. I know the games were going to try to do it in California with no spectators and all that kind of stuff, um, which is very doable. But I think Rogue is, is onto something, and I think they know this is probably going to happen for a little while. And it may open the doors for other – other things, other spinoffs or other rogue events and things like that. You know, and you say that other spinoffs, but in reality, I know you can't really quantify it, but how hard was this for rogue? Oh man, you're putting, how hard is it for rogue? Just like, you know, other people like, I want to do that. Like how much stuff are we just unaware of that went on behind the scenes and to, to pull off something, I mean, basically flawlessly, their first year it takes a whole lot of love and a lot of people that you really can depend on and people that you know that are gonna get the job done these are um people that are that are sitting there like drake and rob and programming and and testing these workouts and going over these things and then getting on the on calls with the judges and then this is katie and the, her rogue staff making sure that each athlete gets equipment on top of that we had backup cameras that were sent up to us like every athlete had a gopro this takes money to do this thing. This is not something like, oh, I can do this in my garage and have a little <laughs> Let's pay a $20 fee. No, this is like a real thing. Like you have, this is time investment. This is people investment. You have stage managers. You have equipment that's being mailed out. You have, you know, judges that are, you know, flying or driving into these particular locations. You're having so many different things. Like these athletes, they got to, the athletes got to keep the equipment or sometimes the gym gets to keep it depending on, on, the situation that was going on but this takes a lot of money and a lot of love to do this is something that's definitely not easy and especially to be able to pull off the live feed that's not something that can just be like oh we're just gonna zoom work out this thing this <laughs> that's a little bit more complex than that i mean they even had commentators and the commentators you know they have big commentators yeah um, i mean i watched the clean event coach bergner's on there sean woodland's on there yeah i mean it's great 
I mean, they even had Annie. They, they brought games athletes. They, they brought they they went. This is something that was. This is a production. So that's how Rogue does it. Rogue doesn't do anything small. I will tell you one thing. I, being that I got to experience the 2019 Invitational at Rogue, and just to see how they pulled off their own mini games. Pretty much, they have 67 acres. I mean, they had their own area. You know, the games we had the area with the cheese curds. We had to dump. They had their own area to do their own kind of cheese curd things. They also had their own little side area, like where the obstacle course would be. They had their own area where, like, they would have – they had a shooting event in that particular area. But they have enough manpower, enough love, and enough um, – they're, they're just a – if I could just say, they're just – everything they do is above and beyond. Just look at their equipment. Just look, they're a class act. They go above and beyond in everything that they do. It's top-notch, even to the food that they feed us. <laughs> so, so tell me one thing without spoiling it, without giving away anything more than you want to. What's the coolest one is that you think is the coolest thing you got from Rogue to be a judge? Uh, the coolest. Just like, what are you, what were you like? Wow, this is really sweet. Could have been your hotel. It could have been your, you know, lobster dinner. Oh, it could have been a pair of nanos. Oh. Like what's one thing that we don't know that you got that you're like, wow, this is what happens when you bust your ass for seven years. And now I'm considered one of the top judges in the world. Um, they gave you a, a one. They, they financially rewarded you beyond beyond You're what retired. I thought. Was. You're retired now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think I may just sell my big box now. <laughs> uh, no, the the financial reward and and also on top of that, they the swag that, that you get from them. I mean, you got we all have to be pretty much in, in uniform, so we get the nanos and we get excited about wearing the new nanos and stuff like that. But on top of that, I mean, they gave us uh, a rogue gift card that was very nice on and it would just you could have bought yourself a nice little setup with the, with the amount of gift cards that they gave us for that thing. so yeah i'm just waiting for my goodies to come in the mail as we speak <laughs> do you, were, you, were you able to order some of the stuff that was sold out did they give you access to that um as far as which which things that were sold out like just gear like you get i want to buy a squat stand for example and they're sold out oh um the things that were sold that we wouldn't be able to get, whatever was available, we would be able gotcha. to pick can, and choose and you from. Hold the card until stuff is available again, I assume, too. Absolutely. So it was just like, here's this nice card that you have here. Yeah. Uh, whatever you see on there that you want and want. So, like, I, I have a gym, so there's not so I didn't have to really want equipment, but it was like a bunch of other stuff that I want, like, you know, the backpacks and like, um, you know, gear and little, little things that I wouldn't just get like for myself. Cause I'm like, I, I have a squat rack at home and I have a squat rack at the gym. It's like, I'm not going to buy myself another squat rack, but I could have if I wanted to, but. Is that a rogue nose ring that you have? It may be. I should, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so last question, Lou, and I don't, I don't want to dive too far into this because I've done it nonstop for the last month, but you know, you guys were judging in the midst of the CrossFit chaos, you know, not yes. just the pandemic, but I mean, you were judging Correct me if I'm wrong, but the day after the podcast by Andy Stump came out. Yes, and I think a, a week or two before that is when the whole um, tweet went out tweet and all of that. Went out. So, you know, without diving into the politics and all that of it, what was it like from that perspective? You know, was it harder on you? Was it like, man, this is just, was it just depressing? Like, how did you feel knowing you were part of a CrossFit event, but the world of that CrossFit was completely shaken up? Uh, my heart hurt. I've, I've invested so much in, in, into this. It's something that I love doing. I mean, 
Um, we talk about life savings, investing to a gym, being, you know, more than anything, you've owned like 10,000 affiliates. 10,001, <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> and the love and the sacrifice that needs to be done because it's something that you believe in. Um, and just to be like, hey, we're going to throw this competition. You're so used to rogue saying we're doing a CrossFit event and now it's just a fitness event and things like that. So, and then not knowing where you're going to stand and then, and your members questioning you during this particular time. So is this a CrossFit event or, or what it is? I said, no, this is a rogue event. So, um, it was, it was almost like a changing of the guards. It was bittersweet. Like, okay, well, like I'm a CrossFitter. I would think I would always say that I'm a CrossFitter. I'm not a functional fitness guy. I'm a CrossFitter. That's what I do. I do CrossFit. I coach CrossFit. I love CrossFit. It's part of my DNA. My daughter was doing CrossFit in the womb. This is what it, what it is. So it, it, it definitely was a crazy hurtful time because, you know, even seeing that, you know, some of the, how everything's going with the athletes and how the games are going to be obviously a lot different and things like that. It was just, in, it was like a bittersweet moment. Like I'm still being able to do what I love to do and judge and coach and be able to perform this, but am I going to be able to use the word cross? But that word means something to me, you know? Yeah, you know, it was tough because you, you can even hear it on the broadcasts, you know, when the word CrossFit would have been what was said, you know, thinking about other words to say, but who knows what's going to happen now. But with the, with the change, you know, hopefully we can start seeing, you know, CrossFit events again and, and not just with the change, but with the world, you know, hopefully we can start seeing this open up again. Absolutely. This uh, will be big for me because um, I had so many really cool things, you know, that, that were was going to be a part of and. Just, you know, for example, like Wadapalooza was another thing that I got to be part of and which is, you know, helping direct that particular thing. And that was a cross event. Now it's not a cross event. It's just, it's a, it's a bittersweet thing. So hopefully everything goes smooth and we'll let time heal. We'll, this is what time usually does. It usually heals. So I hope so. So any, anything I missed, you know, that you would, that you think the audience, the listeners would like to hear about the Rogue Invitational? Um, definitely. If they have not checked it out, definitely go look at it. Even the way that it's shot on on their YouTube page and things like that, go check it out if they've never if they've never seen it before, and that's um, look forward to more more stuff coming from Rogue because this is going to be a really really cool thing. So, that's well, pretty deep. thanks for so much for talking about it, Lou. You and I could talk about a lot of things, but it was really good to kind of focus on on that. You were you know one of thirty six people that can speak on 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 that, which is pretty cool, pretty uh, awesome accomplishment, and I think. If anyone's listening still, what they need to take from this is, you know, Lou had to work hard to get there. A lot of people want to get there. Put your time in, you know, find your passion and then, you know, show up and, and do work like Lou did. Show up and I remember, you know, Lou and I know each other a long time about nutrition and I posted a picture of Lou and my buddy texted me. He's like, this dude doesn't skip leg day. And, <laughs> and that's just uh an insight into how you do everything, right? How you do one thing is how you do anything. The, the care that you put into your training and into your leg day, you put into everything in life. So that's why, Absolutely. you know, it's always a, an honor and pleasure to speak to you and to consider you a friend. So thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And again, uh, I'm honored just to be, you know, talking to you. So you're my buddy for life, brother. Will you, will you take us out with something? Huh? Yes, you- yes. So if you guys do not know, Go out there, guys, and have an amazing day. Go out there and thug them, love them. And, you know what I'm saying, go out there and be blessed. With that being said, peace out. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor. 
head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at bestHourOfTheirDay. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Best Hour of Their Day.